Okay, okay. Well, good evening. Can you hear me? Yes. Welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. This evening, we are super excited to have with us a very special guest. She is a very good friend of my husband and myself and our family. And we're just excited to have her here this evening. However, before we go into the uh, podcast discussion, we want you to know that the Lotus Flower Podcast aim is to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting, educational topics. And we do that through inviting guests on the podcast to share with us their stories or share with us their what they have done with their um, businesses, how the Lord might have taken them through a situation and brought them out on the other side, or anything that the Lord lays on their heart to share that will be empowering for our audience. We love to have people come on and share. And thus far, we've been streaming live over the last year on audio platforms. And now the Lord has allowed us to start streaming live on YouTube, which is now a virtual platform and so people can actually see us we can see them we can talk back and forth and it's a video chat as well so we have a live audience and for that we're grateful so this year we want to reach our goal of a thousand subscribers thus far on our audio platforms we have 738 subscribers and we want to reach a thousand subscribers on both YouTube and our audio platforms. So you guys help us to do that. Help us to reach that thousand subscribers. Our guest today is a very good friend of mine and her name is Doris. Doris Hope was born in Accomack, Virginia, raised in New York. She has three children, four godchildren, and ten great-grandchildren. And I'm sorry, I believe that means four grandchildren and ten great-grandchildren. And she resides now in Virginia. Doris Hope is a professional with more than 10 years of delivering high quality compassionate care to those in need by providing pathways to social and economic success. She specializes in relief services for low-income clients experiencing homelessness and clients with physical and mental disabilities. Doris is a critical thinker who thrives under pressure while engaging in outstanding customer service. She's a community leader 
utilizing professional and world knowledge to support and advance individuals and families in crisis. Doris Hope is self-motivated, creative, and willing to learn. She's a team player and a problem solver. Doris Hope currently is a special education teacher with the Accomack County School Systems in Virginia. She works with students who need IEP plans and services. She conducts IEPs. She collaborates with parents and school professionals to ensure that teaching materials are in accordance with the student's personalized learning plan. Doris Hope also is a licensed elder. She has worked in several volunteer capacities, both in Kalamazoo, Michigan, as well as in the Virginia area. We welcome Doris Hope to our Lotus Flower podcast this evening, and we're going to talk about the topic of Stuck on Stupid. What a title. We allow our podcast guests, if they choose, to choose the topic of their choice. And that was the topic that Ms. Doris Hope chose for her podcast discussion with us this evening. So we'd like for you to start. However, before you do so, I'd like to once again put your picture back up so those that are just streaming in won't miss anything that you have to say. So we're going to put your picture back up for about roughly 30 seconds and give those that are, want to log in time to join us. Okay? Welcome. Once again, we are glad that you are here. Ms. Doris Hope, once again, we'd like for you to start wherever the Lord would have you to start with your story this evening on the Lotus Flower podcast. Okay. Well, welcome, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Robinson and and my husband, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me to your audience. And I pray that I say something to help someone along the way. Uh, this topic I have is stuck on stupid. It sounds like uh, something that we used to say. We used to say that when we was younger to each other, you know, as a joke. 
you know, when somebody say a joke or something and you didn't get the joke, you would say, oh, you stuck on stupid. But today we're going to deal with real life issues with being stuck on stupid. Stuck means to be um, not have any movement, any progress or any production. So uh, we was created to be um, life givers. And we give life, even as women, we give life, but even men give life. And we are supposed to be progressive in our life. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be uh, being able to uh, encourage and uplift and empower others. And, you know, our life is not about ourselves. It's about reaching back. Once we come through, reaching back and helping someone else. So stuck um, on stupid. So stupid means I'm not saying that you're ignorant or you, um, but it's a, a lack in your area, a, a lack in an area of your life. Yes. Uh, stupid can mean having or have a great lack of intelligence um, be, uh, uh, and common sense and not able to make wise decisions. Yes. And uh, I asked you that question stuck on stupid because I've been in that place of being stuck on stupid. I wasn't, it's not that I, I was, I was unlearned. Yes. So stuck means you being unlearned. So that means that something happened or something caused you to be in that place because we was not born that way. Yes. We was not created that way. Yes. So something in your life may happen that caused you to get off, get off track. Yes. So you could become stuck on stupid. And that's that's why that's that topic is a, is an eye catcher. It's because I want you to know that, you know, you can look at people now and see their life and their progress, but you don't know their story. That's right. So we've come to share to let you know that uh, life comes, life happens. Mm-hmm. But when life happens, when life challenges you, I'm here to tell you to challenge life. Yes. When life throws you a lemon, it said, they say make lemonade, but there's some other things you can make. You can make lemonade, um, uh, lemon meringue pie. You don't have to just accept what life throws you. So um, I'm here to let you know that there has been a time in my life that I have been stuck. I have been stuck because of circumstances in my childhood that caught, that came my way that was not my fault, but it caused me to become stuck in life. I wasn't stuck in my growth. I continue to grow, Mm -hmm. but mentally I was stuck. Yes. Psychologically, I was stuck. I continue to grow and develop as a woman, Mm -hmm. but there was an area in my life that caused me to be stuck. And there are some listeners even today or may listen to the compass that have faced a situation in your life that caused you to be stagnant. Right. There was no movement. Right. But I came to let you know that even in that circumstance, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to become unstuck, to make progress, to be productive, to to continue on. Yes, that's right. Now, can you tell us um, of some specific times in your life when when you were stuck and all? So we can identify with maybe some things that are that are happening to others in our listening audience and that will happen in our listening audience. Okay. Even I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed to share. In my childhood, I was um violated by a family member. Okay. 
And uh, my mother was very protective of us. It was three girls and she was very protective of us. So it, it's like um, she protected us from the front door, but she didn't protect the back door from the family. Because you know, you would never expect this, uh, this uh, action to happen from the family. Right, right. So I was violated by a family member and and it, it like paralyzed me. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my mom. I didn't tell my sisters. No one. So I just mm -hmm. kept this deep, dark secret in my life. And, and it, it affected my uh, schoolwork. And um, I didn't remember the exact date, uh, year, uh, the age I was when it happened. Mm -hmm. But I, asked, I went to God in prayer about this. And, and I wanted to know, uh, you know, around the date and the time, mm -hmm. the year. And and I could see that it started to affect my learning, like in the second grade. I see. Mm -hmm. Because the learning uh, elements that I should have gotten in second grade, I still struggle with now as an adult. I see. So that was when the incident happened mm -hmm. that caused me to be stuck. Did it happen continuously or just one time? It was a, a continuous process until I stopped um, allowing it. What did you do? You fought, you fought or you told your mother or you ran away? No, I never told my I never told my mother. I stopped um giving into it. I see. Meeting the meeting the um person where they were and I stopped doing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even as a little girl as a person that wasn't an adult, you had that much power. Because you know, kids, we don't have a lot of power. They the adults have the power and they can make us do things we don't want to do. Right. But what it was, uh, it was giving it was, it was told to be a secret between you and I. That's that was the that was the key words. That's right. The secret that so, they use. Yeah. So uh, the secret didn't make me feel good about me. I see. And what was being done to me. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I chose not to allow it to be a secret anymore. I see. Not telling anyone, but stop giving into the secret. I see. I see. Yes. And the reason I'm asking that is because we know that the Bible says in Ecclesiastic 9, chapter number nine, that there is nothing new under the sun, that mm -hmm. there are some young girls, young boys that are listening and adults that are listening right now that have gone through or will go through that situation. And I mm -hmm. wanted to lay out to them when you said, you know, you stop. Well, I want them to, I'm trying to empower them that they can mm -hmm. stop just like you said okay they're tricking me well whoever it was is tricking me and saying okay this is a secret it's so fun it's our little secret but the people that are listening and knowing that it's not a secret know that it isn't a fun little thing we're playing a little game and it's just between right. you and i you know right. you got to expose that even if you That's expose cool. it by not really telling your mom or your adult or someone expose mm -hmm. it by stopping it yourself which is a strong oh. stance for a young person to be able to do and still keep it a secret and right. not have that person retaliate and maybe try to hurt you or something or threaten you or something like that 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 didn't happen then the person no right it, it was um uh, uh the person came to me uh once he came because he, he used to come visit out my house came to me one time and said um why you didn't because what it was, I would when the person came, we had to go downstairs, two flights of stairs, to open the door. Mm -hmm. So I kept 
when I stopped being the person to go open the door, that took the that took the uh, the situation another direction. Oh, good. when I found out that that was that person at the door, I stopped going to answer the door. Oh, good. Good, good. God gave you a strategy. I'm sure you maybe didn't know it was God giving you the strategy, or maybe you did. Right. But he protected right. you just by not even answering the door. Right. I just know that it was a very uncomfortable situation that I did not like. Mm -hmm. After a while, I was I did not like that. Yes. Yeah. And and you know, I thank God that you shared that um, with with us because I know the Holy Spirit wanted that to be shared. You know, you're not the only one. I have uh, spoken with several women that came on the podcast that have shared this, shared that same situation that happened to them as a child and oftentimes with, with and from a violator being a family member. And mm -hmm. that is just quite unfortunate, but it's happening and it's really prevalent amongst our young people. And it does extend into the childhood and it just go, carries on into adulthood if we don't That's address right. it. That's so right. I, I, I would imagine that you 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 have somehow addressed it, that you go into counseling, that you go into prayer with the Lord, that you seek out the help of a pastor or tell a trusted adult sometimes later on in your life to deal with that. Well, this is just recently. Um, the, I, the, what happened, because uh, I suppressed it for years, it was like a lump of uh, in, the, in the rug. Mm -hmm. And... And the Lord started bringing this back to me. I was like, well, why are you bringing this back? Why? I'm, you know, I'm not telling nobody. Mm -hmm. Right. So is that it's going to be okay. I didn't, I didn't reveal it. Nobody knows, but it's inside it's gonna of me. Be, yes, it's going to be okay, but it was not okay. Right, right, right. I had to tell, I had to expose that enemy. That's right. Because as long as I did not expose him, he still had power and control over me That's mentally. Right. He could keep bringing it back to mind whenever he got ready. That's right. I had to expose him. So the Lord said, you're going you're gonna to tell us. I was like, because I was like, oh, no, I'm not telling anyone. I was going to go to the grave with this. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he said, no. Mm -hmm. In order to be free, you have to expose him. That's right. That's right. You have to expose your enemy. Because as long as I didn't, he still had the power over me mentally. He could keep bringing it back whenever he wanted to. And that would shut me down. That's right. And so what, what did your exposer uh, look like when you say expose? What what did you do to expose? I had to write a book. I had to write it. I had to tell it. Okay. I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. And what was the title of your book? Color It Red. Now, was that one of your very first books? I know Miss uh, Doris is a, a prolific writer and has written many books. We'll talk about that. But right now, when you wrote that book, was that your first book that you released? Or was because the reason I'm asking, was it the first book you released? Because um, it could have been an opportunity for you to kind of get that out initially and then be free to just do other things. No, I have, I, I wrote and published other books before then. I see. But, but the process of this book, the Lord told me to write it. Uh, he told me, because uh, I was in I was in school, and he said, take off the next class mm -hmm. and all your extra time besides work, work on this book. So I had a whole month and I wrote it in the whole month with the extra time that I had. 
Oh, then I, after I wrote it, I said, okay, I wrote it. I was happy with that. Okay. But he said, no, now you got to publish it and get it out there. You have to get the word out there. Because when I wrote the book, I had to go through the feeling, the thought, all the thoughts. I had to go through all of that. Yes. So when I finished writing that book, on the end of that month, it was the whole month of September. Uh-huh. When I got to September 30th, I felt like I had just birthed a baby. Oh, my. And then, uh, painful, painful. Yeah. When because birth, birth is is painful well, most often. Painful, but but I was released of all the agony. I see in the in the mind. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. And as you were writing it, was the pain was what were emo- emotional pains or or pains of guilt or pains of, of what what type of pains were you feeling? All kinds of pains, all kinds. Yes. And what did you do to what did you do to be able to um, handle those pains as they were coming forth? Right. And the, right. the writing, my, my writing was releasing. It's like when the contractions came. You know, when we having a baby and those contractions come, and they might put some ice on your forehead, give you some water to cool you down. Then what you did for your contraction is the spiritual contractions is you just wrote, you just continue to write every time it hit, you just wrote and released it that way. Yes. So there are some people that are listening that need to know what, what to do. And um, mm-hmm. it is through writing that you can release things out through the yes. word, just writing things down. Yes. It's a strong way that you can begin to release the pressure that, that you might be up under and you don't even have to tell anyone about it at that time. Now, were there she- tears being shed at the same time as you were getting this stuff out? No, no tears, but frustration and, you know, why did I keep it in this long? You know, you had a whole lot of different mixed emotions. Yes. Now, did you, did you ever, um, even though you put it in the form of a book and so any of your family, friends, anyone could have picked that up and read it, but did you ever personally go to your mom or your family members or even the person that did this to you or confront and tell anyone after you got it on the, in the book form? Uh, I spoke to just a couple of family members, yes. Mm-hmm. And how did they receive that? Uh, well, uh, I mean, did they believe you or did they not? Or were they saying you're making it up? I think, I think they believe me. I okay. think they believe me because okay. it, it just, I think they believe me. Okay. But we didn't We didn't have long discussions about it. I, yeah, I gave my books out to some of my family members and they read it. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, how did that make you feel knowing that you had released that to them and you actually talked to them a little bit about it as well? Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel great about it. I feel free. And I know that I broke a generational curse. I see. I see. And you say it's a generational curse, meaning that this was something that was going on for generations in your family line. Maybe I heard I heard of some incidents that happened in uh, in other generations mm-hmm. in the generation before us. Mm-hmm. And it was swept under the rug. I see. And that's typically oh. what happens. It's up under the rug. And mm-hmm. for, for what reason? 
it's all types of reasons that it's swept under the rug and just mm-hmm. tucked tucked away. And some of the mm-hmm. reasons are just of embarrassment and just don't want to get involved with that ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the elephant in the room. We see the elephant over there in the room, but we won't address it, you know, I, I, and I, everything. But then, you know, and if I open the door, then I might hurt the person's feelings and I'm going to get them in trouble and all of that. And sometimes people don't believe the young people that is happening to. And so, you know, the young person is afraid to come forth and all or the mother or the father, whoever it is, sometimes they may um, favor that person. So if it's a person's like a significant other, they might be afraid they might lose that person because you have so much dysfunction that way. You're like, well, how could they be afraid of that when I'm their child and all? But all those things happen. And I want people that are listening under the sound of our voices to know that help is available. So yes. if, if what we're saying triggers you in any way when you're listening to this, don't just sit there and do nothing. You reach yes. out and get some help. You know, yes. you call your pastor, you call your support person, you call your loved ones, you tell your family members if you can. You uh, talk to the Lord first and foremost. If it's, yes. if you find yourself in a dangerous situation, you can call 911 and get some help yes. right away. So if you're triggered by what we're sharing tonight, we want you to reach out beyond this podcast and get help. Is that right, Miss Hope? Yes, I want you to tell it. Expose the enemy. Mm-hmm. We expose the enemy. We take out power. We take back control of our own lives. We take we that we uh get we take away the power from him. Right. As long as we don't tell it, he has the power and control. That's right, and it it, it takes courage to want to yeah. heal. Yes. It takes courage to want to get to that point because sometimes we get comfortable being stuck on stupid. Yes. And then we just go lay down there and just mm-hmm. continue in, in that vein. And it will go from generation to the next generation to the next generation. But I know mm-hmm. you to be the type of woman I met. I met Miss Doors many years ago mm-hmm. and you were driven then and just getting outside of the box and doing things that are unconventional and pressing pressing, pressing against the odds. So I know that even back then, I'm, I would imagine that that stuff might have been laying dormant inside of you, the things that you do now that you are resilient and you just uh, go after what you want and you're driven and motivated. That stuff was all in the inside down there. And the Lord wasn't going to let that just, you go to the grave with, with those gifts. You know, now you're a special education teacher. You're helping other people children that have emotional disorders or behavioral concerns or special needs or cognitive disabilities, intellectual disabilities. Don't you know that prep your preparation in childhood, what you went through, prepared you to be having that real soft spirit toward those type of children? Because everybody mm-hmm. can't work with those types of children. I have, you know, you know, Andrea, we have Andrea. She's uh, 32 now, and she's our 32-year-old daughter, and she has an intellectual disability. And and Miss Doors, when we were all attending the same church together, you took so right to her. And at the time, I didn't know your background, that you had a background with working with people with intellectual disabilities and special needs. So your heart was so open to her till my daughter, she just took right to you. She just fell in love with you. 
like she was mm-hmm. like you were her big sister, didn't she? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andrea. Mm-hmm. So and and you know, people like that, they're very sensitive. They know who mm-hmm. like who they like and they know who they don't like and they know who's genuine and genuine and know who's faking. They really yes. know. Yes. And she knew that you were genuine. You know, and she still, and she, when the people that she loves, she still asked about them. So she still yeah. asked about you to this day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say that I had to release it because it would have been toxic. Mm-hmm. It would have been whatever I did, you know, trying to help others to get free, mm-hmm. get liberty, to um, make progress in their life. It would have been leaking. I would have been toxic, That's leaking. True. Into other people's lives, so the Lord knew that I had to become free, totally free, That's right. in order to be productive, to be effective in other people's lives. That's right, and I love the, the wording "leaking," leaking, meaning that she knew that when you get out there and you're trying to help somebody else with a situation, mm-hmm. then what will happen is with, there's a word that we use in in our social work is counter-transference and transference that she yes. will start helping someone and then the word mm-hmm. counter-transference might come up meaning that she might see herself in their situation and she would get mad at them because <laughs> they hadn't did anything to her right, but she is right. healed yes. in that area so then right. she she would can't go can't go any further with that person and helping them because it triggers her and she yes. gets all upset and emotionally distraught <laughs> and starts leaking all over them like yes. leading all over them, yes. you know, and all spiritually. So, and yes. we know that we've got to heal ourselves before we can help somebody else. That's right. Know, That's right. And all. Yeah. Yes. And I, I thank God for that. And that's a nugget that somebody needs to hear this evening mm-hmm. that wants to be a helper. And mm-hmm. even if you, if you're out there raising your kids, it's going to be hard for you to really connect with them emotionally and hug on them and give them a hug and kiss them and really go deep inside of their little emotions because you're not healed emotionally yourself. So it will hinder your ability to even be really loving and genuinely open to your own children. If you have that blockage there where you're stuck on stupid. Now, we're not calling anyone stupid tonight. That's just a term that that we that Miss Hope decided to use. But it's meaning that you're stuck there and you're yes. psychologically stuck. I preached about that on Sunday. That particular phrase was in my message about being psychologically stuck, mm-hmm. you know, and we can get there. But the Lord, like you said, he can free that, free you up from that. But you, first of all, you got to be willing to expose the enemy. You got to be, have that courage, just like you had the courage to share with us this evening. Cause I had never known that about your life and you had the courage to share because she's healed from it. You know, we yes. wouldn't share it if you're raw. Don't, don't no. share your business like that right. if you're raw because That's you're not right. ready. But it comes right. a time when you get ready and God's going to yeah. say, share it. And you're going to be just fine with it because you know who you are. Yes. A strong Christian woman that we're speaking with tonight that has had a few birthdays and she's mature <laughs> in Christ. Yes. So she's here to help someone else yeah. and be a testimony of God's goodness. So I thank yes. God for that. Now, you also said that um, you have written several books, and I know that you have written several books, and Miss Doris is, is an author, and I'll let her tell you a little bit about her journey of, of being an author, 
first of all, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask ask you, um, when did you know that you had a love for for writing? It was at an early, early age. I used to write my cousin and I would write pages and pages. And when the, when we had assignments in school, teachers said write three or four pages. I was in 10, 11 pages. I just love to write and I'm journal and do diaries. And I just love to write. Mm-hmm. And your, when you say you wrote your cousin, that means the cousin must have lived in another another area. Yes. When we uh, communicate. Yes. When I was in New York and she was in Virginia. Yes. Okay. And I would write long pages. I just keep going, going. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. <laughs> and then yeah. from there, you I heard you say were you writing in, in uh school and like your elementary, high school, or middle school, or anything like that as well? Or not? Yes. We had to do uh, uh papers. We had to they say two or three pages. Oh, I could not do two or three pages. Mine's were five, six, eight, ten, eleven. Okay. Yeah, I just had to keep going. Yeah. And it was it and when you would write those eight, ten, eleven pages, was it all fresh information? It wasn't like you were being redundant, just kind of rewriting the same thing in different ways. It was all new just, information, all eleven pages. Fresh. I'm just just writing, just going with the flow. It was like a flow. I just keep going. Yes. Oh my. And then from mm-hmm. there, when did you know that 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 was something that needed to be developed and actually turned into of into books and then turned into being an actually author mm-hmm. i have a friend of, of in new york because i was um asked to present a prayer uh conference and she said well this could turn into a book i was like i didn't never think of writing as writing for books just but yeah and she encouraged me and she helped me to get my first two books out okay. yes and what mm-hmm. was were those two the, the names of those two Back to Basics. It was a Back to Basics. Both of them says Back to Basics. One is the the book, and the other one is the uh, devotional. And I also have the workbook now. Mm-hmm. Back to Basics. It's a prayer about going back to the foundations, which is prayer. So, at what age did you publish that, your first book? Uh, I published that in two thousand thirteen. And since then, how many books have you published? Oh. Um, it's quite a few, uh, quite a few books. <laughs> over yeah. over 20? No, not 20 yet. I'm, I'm, I'm striving for 20 this year. I'm in my teens. I'm doing, some of the books are in ebooks and some of them are in paperback. Yes. I know when I first met, met you and all, that's when I learned that you were an author. And at that time, you had several books out then. And then, and every time I turned around, it looks like you had another one coming out and all. Yeah. And so um, if if there's someone out there that wanted to begin uh, the process of writing books and whatnot, what would your advice be uh, to that uh, person that wants to be, get into um, writing, even though they love writing right now, they don't know the, um, the actual the proper channel to go about turning their manuscripts into a book? What might you say to, to that person? I encourage anyone to write. When we write, when I'm writing, it's not for me, it's for someone else. Your story, write your story. Is Your story is not about you. It's somebody else that needs to hear the same, the story that you're going through, then they need help. They need deliverance. They need a way out. Your story can help them find a way out. 
and Courage so, you to fight. and so would 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 they um seek out a someone to publish the book for them and edit the book for them and all of that or would they or was that a process that they would that they would um take on themselves somehow Okay, it's their choice. You could do self-publish, which I do, or you could, we have people, there's uh, millions of them that would edit, would uh, do the copyright and do everything for you. Yes, there's someone out there. Yes. And um, when, when, they, when they reach out, is there, um, it, can it be cost-effective? It, you know, because if there's someone that doesn't, doesn't have a lot of, a lot of resources, would you say, that it would probably be best to do do it on their own or or what can they are there affordable types of sources out there that someone could reach out to that might want to um begin publishing their work yes it's it's a, it's affordable it's um it depends on the person what what kind of product do you want to put out how much money do you want to invest in the product mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and then would would you say it's better to do an an ebook or was it better to do a hard cover type book or does it just all depends? It depends because some people I have some of my books in ebook and they're waiting for it to come out in paperback. They want the book. A lot of people want the book, but then a lot of people just want to be able to get the download and read. So this generation, we just uh, they want both. Somewhat both. Mm -hmm. You said some people might want want both the ebook, and some of them may want that hard cup cover. Yes. So do you do you do do you always do both, or do you just it just depends on on the book you're writing? Depends on the book I'm writing, but I'm trying to get them all in both copy, um, ebooks and um, paperback. Which ones you think have so have done the best? The both the ebook or the paperback? The ebook. The ebooks, yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And I find that as well. You know, mm -hmm. I've um, I've myself have written three three books. Well, one is a dissertation, and other two books, and all. And and once you get started with it, that for, you get that first one out, it's like the other mm -hmm. ones just kind of come. Don't does yeah, it? It's like you just yeah. just we just pop them out. I had to say, okay, enough is enough, because <laughs> it's time consuming. You know? Yes, you know, mm -hmm. and everything. So um, so. What do you, I'm going to ask you a, a few questions here. We're going to kind of go into some little questions and whatnot. If you had to think back about 10 years ago, and you said that then, at that time in your life, would you say that that was some of the times that you may have been stuck on stupid, maybe 10, 10 years ago? And if, and if you were stuck at that time in some areas, what do you wish that you would have known 10 years ago that you know now to do better? I, I wish I known that selling it, exposing the devil um, would have freed me sooner. I would have told it sooner. I see. Mm -hmm. And you would have. And so ten, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, what are some other things that you wish that you would have known about yourself or some things that might you may have been dealing with at that time mm -hmm. that you maybe could have dealt dealt with better now that we've had hindsight you know the backstory has happened knowing who i am in god and my purpose and 
and all the things that I can do now that I'm free and knowing that the past have no power or authority over me. So now I could could go forward, moving on. Mm-hmm. Now, would, would you say that that, that particular uh, situation, did it, did it somewhat color your entire life experience up until you were able to become free of it totally then? Yes. Yes. It was like, you, it was like you, I was in a fog. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. So even, um, you know, even in your um, relationships with, you know, with significant mm-hmm. others. We don't have to go mm-hmm. into who they were or whatever. But even when we know we have our relationship with our significant others, mm-hmm. if that part of us, not I'm not talking about the sexual part, none of that, but just the intimacy, the love, mm-hmm. the sitting and holding someone's hand or tr- being able to trust a person mm-hmm. of the opposite sex to be in mm-hmm. that relationship with us, yes. giving our heart away and all, did, did mm-hmm. it affect your ability to move in that area of your life? Yes, because I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know. I was, I was, that was the, the um, intel, um, the, uh, I didn't have the common sense mm-hmm. to realize um, to be in a relationship that uh, I didn't know if the relationship was of value or not. I didn't have any concept of that. Mm-hmm. And when, when you expose the enemy, did you begin to, learn about that at that time then because you were free to move on with life or did it did you have to go back and really try to teach yourself how to make sure that you knew how to be in relationships and how to love and how to really have good boundaries and make good choices in relationships mm-hmm. did you actually mm-hmm. spend time but um now I'm, it's like I'm clear. My mind is clear and open to be able to learn. Mm-hmm. When after the incident, I, I couldn't learn. I couldn't grasp the concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, I was stuck. Yes, I, I know. With me, I have not had that that incident happen. However, I've had a heartbreak, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. and it's over. Better, it's much better now. I can talk about it as well. It mm-hmm. was my, with my ex-husband. We had a, had a, you know, had a situation, a biblical divorce. It was an affair and all of that, not on my part, but on the his part. And we know we've forgiven each other and all of that. And we we're the best of friends. And he is friends with my husband, actually. Everybody gets along very well. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I put that out there. But there mm-hmm. was a time in my life that I was so hurt by that. To the mm-hmm. point where I was just mad at, see, like I was mad at all men, and all the men didn't have anything to do with do with the situation. But mm-hmm. I really, I was just so focused on raising my kids and just, you know, it was. Uh, it took. I'm I'm married now, ten years, but it took me raising my children for about um, twenty one years by myself, and I didn't have relationships, and I was actually didn't have any intimacy because I chose not to. But now that I think about it, I said, well, I probably chose that way too, not because I was just dedicated to the Lord, but because I just didn't have the trust there anymore either. You know, I didn't want to be hurt. I was protecting my eye, was protecting Mm -hmm. my heart. And maybe Mm -hmm. the Lord may have wanted me to move on, but I was stuck as well, not ready to Mm -hmm. move on. And guess what happened? I went to school at Western. Well, I had went get the bachelor's degree as as a high school, you know, out of high school. But I went back for that master's degree. It's more specialized 
like you know with how it is you have your masters now and it's a specialized uh situation where i had to actually examine my past relationships and my hurts and pains and we talked maybe we just talked about transference and counter transference Yes. I had to examine those things because they made, they wanted to make sure that when you work with your clients, you weren't going to have that happening. And if you did, then at least you would have addressed it and you'll know how to move through it. So mm -hmm. I had to address all that hurt and all that pain. Yes. It was like something. I said, I thought I was just going to school to get the book learning, but actually yeah. I went to school and I learned all about myself and I, I twisted it, all my relationships with the Lord into it though. Cause I've been a save a many, many years since a little kid and I mixed all that together and I came out whole out of a program like that, yeah. a social work program, a master's level program here at Western Michigan university really mm -hmm. helped me to see clearly and I began to be able to love again. And do you know, not only my husband now did not manifest Doris until I was totally healed. Because God said, I'm not going to let a man of God that I really love come into your world for you to hurt him. That's right. That's and right. And sometimes we that. don't even know. I'm sorry. And sometimes we don't even know that we're stuck. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that... Uh, such, was such an impact in my life because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I kept suppressing it. I think of it, I suppress it. Right. But the Lord kept bringing. I was like, why, "Why you keep having me thinking about this?" It had to come up and out mm -hmm. in order for me to be healed and free. Mm -hmm. Yes, and 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 um, when it first started coming up and out, did it come up and out through maybe some messages you were hearing at church or through some books you were reading, a reading, or just through some experiences you were having that were somewhat kind of similar, not similar to that situation, but kind of how did it just keep coming up and out when you were trying to push it, it down? Yeah, it just the, it, because I've never shared it with anyone, it kept coming to my mind. I was like, why? Why am I thinking of this? This was years ago. Uh -huh. I, didn't I didn't tell anyone. I wasn't planning on telling anyone. I was planning on taking that with me to my grave. Yes. Not knowing that it was my, the root problem of my being stuck. And I didn't know I was stuck. Mm -hmm. And I like the way you said that. And I, somebody really needs to hear this, that you, you thought you were rather clever. You said, I'm, I'm not telling anyone and nobody knows but me and maybe the, and the other person for sure. And I, so I'm, it's good. Everything's good. But you know, the kind of God that we serve, he loves us so much so until much. when he wants something out of you and he wants you to become something that he already knew you were going to be before the foundation of the world. He mm -hmm. will just keep on troubling you. You won't even yes. be able to sleep at night. Your yes. your mm -hmm. subconscious will bother you. Yeah, yes. you're out external. You can paint it. You can look good. You put on your makeup, put on your fine clothes, okay. dress it up, fix it up, make it smell good, all that. But you still are stuck on stupid yes. until you deal with that problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so true, isn't it? And somebody yes. needs to hear that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what would you say was the most important lesson that you have learned in your life? Most. The most important lesson. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why be bound when you can be free? Okay. Okay. 
And tell me, what do you mean? Tell the audience, what do you mean by why be bound when you can be free? Everyone faces a situation or a circumstance. It might not be related to the one that I dealt with, but everybody faces a, a situation that challenge, challenges you in life. And it, you can either allow it to be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. Okay. I chose to make it a stepping stone. So you have to make the right choice. That's great. And you can make it into a stepping stone or you can make it into a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. You can use that stuff to step on and elevate yourself up higher or you can yes. use it to trip all over and to be slippery and sliding and just slip on down further and further and further into the abyss. Yes. And, and, thank and, God. Become, and stay woe is me. Oh, this situation happened, and, and you could use it for a, a, a crutch. That's right. That's right. A, a crutch. A crutch. Mm -hmm. And some people actually get comfortable having yes. a crutch. Yes. A crutch will support your weight. Imagine mm -hmm. you had a crutch under your arm right now. You can lean on that thing. You don't have to support part of that weight. You could be like, oh, this is fun. I yep. don't even have to carry myself around and all. Just like the man, a uh, blind Barnabas at the mm -hmm. at the pools, and that was begging, and he just was begging, and people were coming by. Some of them would spit on him, some of them would laugh, some of them would just throw some some little straps at him, and he had become accustomed to that, you know, that like way of life. Not knocking anyone that could truly be going through that, but there right. is better. Yes. There is better and we can pick our, you know, we can't just pick ourselves up because it, it takes some help. It does yes. take somebody to, to help you yes. or me or whomever going through that situation. It takes a mentor. It takes yes. somebody of influence. It takes somebody that has been in a similar situation. It takes someone that has compassion that can see beyond mm -hmm. the exterior and then they you and then hopefully they can speak into the person's life beyond that shield that they have up and yes. actually speak life into them so right mm -hmm. along those same lines um who would you say was your um most favorite uh person in your life when when you were a kid and and why well my third grade teacher I believe with all my heart that she saw, well, yeah, she saw uh, when this incident affected my life. Mm -hmm. She took uh, personal time with me. I, I just couldn't get the lessons and she made time for me. She even got so um, involved in my family that she would come pick me and my twin sister up and take us to her house and, wow. you know, nurture me. And, really? and I believe she saw that uh something happened in my life oh my and she reached out and she was like uh she she embraced me Literally. she took me in like a like her child yeah oh and i believe yeah so i really appreciate her that for that and and i uh maya angelo mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. her story mm -hmm. is very very encouraging to me and, and that was like a confirmation that was like the confirmation for me to uh, to go ahead because the Lord was dealing with me um, about writing. And, and then I was in one of my classes and I had to um, give a presentation. Mm -hmm. And her story was like the confirmation for me to go forth. Oh, my. 
That's what I was going to ask you in what way in her story, because some people may not know her story. Just tell us a little bit about what her story entailed, you know, for those that don't know. And Maya Angelou is an African, well, she's passed now, but she was a very affluent, mm -hmm. renowned African-American author and mm -hmm. all. And so tell us just a little bit about, you know, her story, that, that part of it that affected you to the degree that it push you into writing and releasing that book. Mm -hmm. She had a, a similar incident happen to her. She was violated and, um, and, and her family members retaliated, but she did not speak. I think it was five years that she didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was silent. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when she finally got free, she, she became a powerhouse. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And and that book and her particular story and what she went through actually inspired you. That's that would you say it? Yes. To move and as well as your, your third grade teacher. Yes. Back back then, did you have a relationship with the Lord or were they taking you back and forth to church and, and whatnot or was that a part of your world as well? Yes, church is, is a part of my world, yes. Back when you were a little kid as well? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? Or were they just making you go and you went because they made you? Or did, was it something that you tried your best to enjoy and understand? No, I, I enjoyed it. I participated. They had us uh, active at early ages mm -hmm. and, uh, and still gave us a, a great, firm foundation in God. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, um what was your most favorite memory when you were a child? When you think of back, just think of back, sit back and kind of think about it a little bit about, you know, you might have had many favorite memories, but um, can you kind of think about one thing that was maybe one of the most fondest memories that you had as a child? Uh, as a child? Uh... <laughs> We had a lot of good family time together with our families once the family came together. Yes. And what what types of things did you guys do that you really enjoyed? Uh, like when our cousins came over and played, uh, we had cousins that lived in Long Island and we was in Brooklyn. And when they came over, that was like the joy of our lives. Or when we went out there, we was able to go out there and spend the weekends with them. Mm -hmm. So we came, we came more... Instead of being cousins, we are more close now, like sisters. Yes, that's how we were. That's how we were brought up as well. And I, mm -hmm. I'm I'm smiling too when you said that. You made me think of my memories of my cousins. They <laughs> lived in Cleveland and Florida. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just loved it. Oh, I just it was like the time. It was like going to Disneyland. <laughs> you know, and, uh, we had eight kids, and so we didn't have a whole lot of money. My dad was was he did work every day of his life. But, you know, with eight kids and a mom that was a housewife and whatnot, limited resources. So we played with those cousins when they came in the summer. And I yeah. remember that, Doris. It was a fun time, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. we were just back then just so close to the cousins. Like like you right. said, it was like they were like sisters or brothers. Yes. Yes. And yes. Um, now, are there some funny stories or memories that your uh, family kind of tell about you that come to mind? Tell about me. Yeah, uh, some funny stuff. They say, oh, Miss, oh, Doris used to do this, and oh, she used to do that, and 
you know, she was yeah. funny. Well, I'll share one thing. Uh, my, my kids pick on me because I used to love to cook neck bones and white potatoes. Oh, yes. Like, oh, Lord, here we go again with this <laughs> neck bone. I love neck bones. And I used to... <laughs> Don't ask mom to cook because she gonna cook some neck bones and white potatoes. But yeah, did you boil them, bake them? them how did you do? How did you cook them? How did I cook them? In a pressure cooker. Oh, mm -hmm. yummy! And then you mm -hmm. season them up real good. What type of seasoning yeah, season did you use? Uh, just um, season salt. Yeah, I didn't put a lot of salt in it. Yeah, not a gar not a lot of garlic or onion or pepper or nothing like that either. Yeah, we put a little bit a little bit of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the kids got tired of it. They were, so they were tired. Was, I, I wanted some neck bones. And then, yeah, that what we have for dinner, neck bones. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> I love neck bones, too. Oh, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what are you most proudest of? Uh, being able to write. And my writing is helping others, freeing others. Um. Being a mom, I was able to, I raised three grown, I had my, three of my children are grown. Being a mom and my oldest um, godson, he's older than my children. So I had my godson before I had my children. And I thank God for being able to be an impact in their lives. That's great. That's right. Mm -hmm. now, if, now, if you could hold on to one memory from your life forever, what would that be? And why? Uh, a memory is when uh, we have to travel from New York to Virginia to um, one of my grandparents' uh, funeral. And all the family in New York, it was like we all got together. We all traveled together. We just had a ball. Mm -hmm. You know, they had all the children in the station wagon. Mm -hmm. So we was able to spend more time with our cousins at that time. The trip was the trip from New York to Virginia, um, Brooklyn to Virginia was like six and a half, seven hours. We stopped. We have, you know, I remember that it's been years and years, but that was a joyous time because that was when the family came together. Mm -hmm. All of those that was in New York, we had several aunts and uncles in New York. Uh, whole, everybody had kids, but we all came together. We all traveled together to Virginia. Then we got with our family down here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, travel back together. That was a joyous time. I remember that. It's been years, but that's a good memory. And, and why is that such a good memory to you? Because we was all together. Like my cousins, we weren't like cousins. We were like sisters. So we all looked, they all looked out for each other, each other's children. And we all was able to come together. That's great. That's great. And did you all do that often or was it just during the times that loved ones passed away that you found that the whole family got together? No, we got together, but it wasn't that much because everybody was spread it out in, in Brooklyn. And then we had family in Long Island, but we did get together, but it wasn't that much. But that occasion brought everybody together and they worked, we worked everything out and everybody traveled together and everything. That was great. Mm -hmm. do, do you come from a big, a big extended family? Like your mom has lots of siblings or your dad has lots of siblings or your grandma and all of that. You have a large family, would you say? No, not really. Um, my family, my mother had um, six siblings and my father had six siblings. So my, my mother had uh, five sisters, two brothers. 
My father had two sisters, five brothers. Mm -hmm. So so I had six uncles, six aunts. Mm -hmm. And y'all all lived around, right around that same area? No, mostly everyone was in Virginia. Okay. I had some, a few um, aunts in New York when we was in New York. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Doris, how, how has your life been different than what you've imagined? When you think about that, you know, we imagine when we're little that maybe I'm going to grow up and be a doctor. I'm going to live in a white house with a picket fence. I'm going to have a dog and four cats, a dog and maybe three three cats and, a you know, a husband, dark, fine and handsome and all this and the other. So when we think about those things, how has your life um, been different than what you might have imagined that it was going to be? when you were little coming on up. Yeah, it, it definitely has been different. I never expected um, me to be even who I am now because I was very uh, introvert. So for me to be even talking on YouTube now, yeah, I was very quiet and shut down, preserved. But I, I'm proud. I'm glad to who I am. I'm, able, I'm out there now. You said we out here now. So I'm, I'm out here now. And I love it. I thank God for bringing me, bringing me out, yes. allowing me to come out. Do you have any regrets at all? No, because every every uh, life experience made me who I am today. That's good. I love that. I want I want to repeat that because there are many people out there that have regrets. And they regret doing this and they regret doing that and they wish they could change it, but there's no do-overs in life. I'm so happy that you said that those mm -hmm. things that may not have, you didn't say this, but this is what it equates to, the mm -hmm. things that maybe not, didn't turn out to be so favorable, Right. that mm -hmm. those are the things that you don't regret. You thank God for those because it shaped you into the woman mm -hmm. that you are today. So someone listening need to know that. The, yes. the bad things that happen in our lives, the things that are so not so favorable, they all right. work together for the good of those. The Bible says that love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose, that he can take the bad, will take the bad, the good and the, the ugly and all of that. He put it all together and it shapes you into who you are. So hold on in there. If yes. you're at a season in your life right now, someone is mm -hmm. listening and it's a dark season and the storms are mm -hmm. out. Don't go in and run in from that storm and try to shut the storm down, but go through the storm because yes. on the other side of the storm is where the victory is, is where yes. the growth is at. And mm -hmm. how do you get through that storm? I would say through fasting, through prayer, mm -hmm. through spending time with the Lord. And I love when you said surrounding yourself with godly women and yes. and 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 male friends that are in a platonic relationship, all ma all males don't have to be. Uh, we're out to have sex with them, go to bed right. with them, and do those yes. types of things with them. We can have male friends and have a platonic relationship with right. them because it's, yeah. you have a balance there. You have another yeah. another side of how somebody else might see something. Yes, and all. So surround mm -hmm. yourselves with good people. And um, know that it will get better because there are yeah. times in all of our lives where we are mm -hmm. stuck on stupid to yes. whatever degree. There's mm -hmm. a continuum of stupidness. And yes. I have been there and done that, you know, yeah. and all. Mm -hmm. So um, what 
are your hopes for the future? What would you say your future holds for you at this time? I'm looking at a blank paper. I'm I'm just open. I'm, I don't I, I I don't know. I just know it's going to be greater. Greater. That's good. That's good. Now, if if this was um, going to be your very last conversation that you had, what might you share with me or with our listening audience? Okay. Don't be ashamed of your past. Uh, don't allow anyone else to define who you are. The only one that can define you is your creator, which is God. Mm -hmm. Don't let anyone limit you or put you in a box. Mm -hmm. That's good. And when when you say anyone, who who if you had to name the anyone, no, you have to name the names, but mm -hmm. particular roles of the or who these roles might be. Who who would those people be in in the form of a teacher in the form of a of of of, of my employer or my mm -hmm. something like that. Who who would those people be? Did anyone put you in a box? Mm -hmm. It can be the teacher. It can be the employer. It can even be your family. Okay. They they put they they label you. You don't have to be a label. Anyone else's label. Mm -hmm. Some people said don't believe in you. Even family members don't believe in you. But you have to believe in yourself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and strive and soar like an e eagle. Let the uh, negativity of others be the, the air under your wings and let you fly high. That's good. That's great. That's good. Now, you know, um, before we bring this interview to a close, well, the discussion, mm -hmm. if you could interview anyone from your life, both living or dead, who but not a celebrity who might that person be and why hmm. the uh, young singer Alea uh, what's her name Alea yeah mm -hmm. I'll interview her and, and why might you interview her because she was a young lady that um, lost her life at an early age mm -hmm. and it was it's just some uh the way she the way she passed, I will ask her some previous some questions that brought that to that point that brought her to that point. Would would that be something after you spoke with her that you would possibly it could it wouldn't have to be her words or you don't even have to expose her as being the person that that you're writing about but would mm -hmm. that make for a good book possibly or a, yes. a chapter in a book yes yeah uh, even her, um what the incident that happened in her life that took her life is an inspiration to me because um i'm thinking of as she um because she uh, passed in a, a a plane crash right and and she had a lot of people with her Right. She had a lot of equipment with her. Yes. But when we're ready to soar and when God is ready to take us, we can't take all these other people with us. Right, right. We can't take all these other things with us. Right. So uh, my interview for her is, was you afraid to say no or you just wanted to help others? Mm -hmm. Because we have to make a difference. We have to um, make a decision. 
That's we cannot right. take everybody with us. That's right. That's right. And so you think that, you know, not, not that we know exactly what, what she was going through, what was going through her mind, but possibly maybe she was trying to just uh, include all of her friends and really uh, please them. She had lots of money and maybe that, that could uh, get her those friends and have herself surrounded by all these people because maybe she was insecure with who she really was. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe, she, you know, and, and um, maybe just made her feel secure when, when um, been able to be, be with all these people, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a lot of noise going on in the room and a lot of people around us and we can still feel lonely. You Yes. know, but sometimes we just fill ourselves up with all these people and around the crowds and stuff like that so that we feel like we are not going to feel lonely, but we still can't escape that feeling. You ever, True, you and ever that, been there? uh huh, and that comes from not knowing who you are and not knowing whose you are. Right. That's right. Not knowing who you are and not knowing whose you are. And when you know who you are and whose you are, then you won't have to be worried about trying to be validated by anyone, anyone, That's right. but God. And that, That's that, right. and that is in a chapter of a book that we're reading right now for my book club. And I was talking about validation this morning. I was reading that in my book club and validation is huge, you know, and we got to get there that you don't have to be validated by everyone in order to move forward and move off that needle called stupid, right? That's right. That's right. I agree. That's right. Now, how would you describe yourself right now, uh, Doris, if you looked at yourself and all, And I had a mirror and I put the mirror in front of you. And by the way, you look very beautiful tonight. You know, Thank you. I, lo I love your new hairstyle. So if I had this mirror and then your beautiful hairstyle and you look so beautiful right now, how would you describe yourself to the audience? Unique. Unique. And why would Yeah. you say that that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm my own mold. I came out of my own mold. And I, at this point in my life, the God has freed me and gave me total freedom. I refuse to become what someone else thinking that I should be. At this point in my life, I refuse to be put in somebody else's shape and thoughts. I want to be all that God thinks that I am. All that God created me to be. So I'm, I'm stepping, I have a book, I'm stepping out of the box. I refuse to be limited by the thoughts of man. And you, at this particular time and moment, feel as though, yes, you are, you are unique. However, was there ever a time in your life that that uniqueness plagued you because you weren't like, you weren't like everyone else. So it maybe made you feel like there's got to be something wrong with me. Yes, I allow people, the way people treat me, the way they talk to me, talk about me, to define me. Then I found out in the word of God that the only one that can define me is my creator. The only one that know, my, know who I really am is my creator. So I go to my creator to find out who I am. Amen. That's that's amazing. Amazing.
Well, we're going to pause for a brief station identification. And when we return, we're going to wrap up the podcast. I want you to think about some last minute things that you might want to share with our audience. And I also want to ask you if you would close us in prayer when we return. Okay. Thank you. Are you looking for unique, fun, fashionable clothing at a fraction of the cost? Then you've got to check out Jasmine's Fun Fashions. Jasmine's Fun Fashions is a locally owned mother-daughter consignment boutique located in the beautiful town of Morganton, North Carolina. They have over 14 years of consignment, fashion apparel purchase, and retail experience and pride themselves in providing excellent customer service as well as establishing long-lasting friendships with consigners and customers. Reach out and shop with them online via their website website jazzybiz24.7 at gmail.com. However, if you're ever in the Morganton, North Carolina area, be sure to stop in the store, which is located at 304 Burkemount Avenue in Morganton, North Carolina, 28655. You may also call the store to inquire about merchandise at 828 828- Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They serve their customers with the motto of excellent customer service and friendship. Welcome back to the Lotus Flower Podcast with my special guest, Ms. Doris Hope. And our topic tonight is stuck on stupid. And by that, we're we're not saying something derogatory. However, Ms. Doris has explained to us at the beginning of the podcast that the word stupid means to her. What did you say that meant as you sharing it tonight with us? I'm not using common sense or no intelligence. Exactly. To the degree that she explained so beautifully that it means another way that we get stuck. And I said, well, we get psychologically stuck when Mm -hmm. we're not using that intelligence and thinking clearly, then we can get psychologically stuck and we can get stuck for years, right? Yes, I mean, it can start from childhood and go all the way through our adulthood and it could carry us all the way to the grave if we allow it. But God said, not so, not so. 
Is there any last minute things or things that you didn't get to share with us, Ms. Doris, that you want to share with us tonight before we close? Sure. Um, I wanted to invite everyone. I'm having a women's conference. Uh, you could go on my website, dorishope.com, and you could um, register for that. I'm having a women's conference. The uh, theme, the topic is um, birthing me. Okay. Birthing me. And, and when um, is it? It's going to be September uh, 30th and October the 1st. And is it virtual or is it in person or is it both hybrid? It's going to be both. Okay. It's going to be both. Yes. And the registration is free. Amen. Hey, I know it, it's going to be two full days. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, fr uh, Friday night and all day Saturday. Yes. And did, did you say what the topic was once again, if you could repeat that? The topic is um, birthing me, M-E, me. Mm -hmm. Birthing mm -hmm. me. And how did you come up with that topic? That's what the Lord gave me. He gave me the dates and why he gave me those dates. And he gave that's what he gave me. Yes. Amen. And I cannot wait to attend. And I'll make sure that I put the information in the credits. And so after we close out and we have our description and credits, I'll make sure we have it there. How also how else can our podcast audience get in contact with you if they want to purchase your books? Okay, you could um could purchase my books on Amazon. You can also go on my website, dorishope.com. You could uh, or contact me. I'm on um Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter. And is is there any other books that you have coming hot off the press that you want to tell us just a little bit about at this time? Because I know you're always releasing something. I have a few coming up soon, yes. I have one titled Decided, and that is um, when you it's time for you to make a decision. After all these years of allowing other people to make decisions for you, it's time for you to make a decision for you. That's and also, have, uh -huh, have a book coming. I'm coming out, which is going to be um, a mini uh, devotional mm -hmm. with words of encouragement. You have sometimes we have to encourage ourselves. That's right. We can't wait for someone else to encourage us. We have to encourage ourselves. And the Word of God has a word that would encourage you every day of the year. That's right. That's excellent. Well, I am looking forward to attending the conference. I'm glad you told me way far in advance. That way I can actually put that information, that date right in my calendar and keep it there and so not schedule anything around it. I, I won't miss it. I just can't wait mm -hmm. and tell my daughter about it and tell my social media friends about it. We'll advertise it on our media outlets as well for you. This lady is a true sister of mine. You know, we weren't we weren't both wow. by the same mama, but we have the same daddy. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Uh, we are we are really good friends. We may not see each other all the time and talk all the time, but you know who your friend are. Yes. And she's yes. a genuine friend of, of mine. And thank you for yes. being my sister in the Lord. And thank you for being on the podcast this evening. Now, would you be willing to close our, our podcast in prayer this evening before we log out? Okay, before I pray, can I just say I want to encourage someone to believe in themselves? Yes. If you're in a situation that you feel stuck, you can get out of it. Yes. You can become unstuck. No situation is too hard that you cannot 
but you seek counseling, pray, ask God's help and guidance, and go from there. That's good. That's good. Thank you for encouraging someone. They needed to hear that. The, yes. Every word that was coming out of your mouth tonight, someone needs to hear. If they don't hear it now, Miss Doris, they will hear it in the future. This podcast will air for eons on up. 20 years from now, someone might tap into this. Or do mm -hmm. you know what I tell people? Sometimes you never know how God's going to use this podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Someone could be thumbing through their phone or their hard drive on the computer 3 o'clock in the morning, and they're ready to take themselves out of here. Mm -hmm. But they could come across this podcast when you're talking about stuck on stupid and mm -hmm. just hearing what you are sharing from your heart mm -hmm. may cause them to change their mind and say I'm not going to take my life I'm going to hold in there because I heard Miss mm -hmm. Doris say that it's going to get better yes don't give is. up yeah thank you so much yes. for sharing intimately with us tonight and mm -hmm. I am just so elated and my heart is full because every time I interview and discuss some something with someone on this podcast, it blesses me. I know that it's blessing the audience, but it's definitely blessing me. It's a gift from God. So thank you for my gift tonight. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate that. You're Good welcome. You're welcome. So I'm going to ask if you would close us in prayer and thank you again. Yeah for being our special guest. Thank you. For my husband, <laughs> Minister Curtis Robinson, and from our family to you. Uh -huh. Give my love to everyone, okay? Thank you. Uh -huh. We just want to say thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share. Oh, God, we ask, oh, God, that you remember everyone under the sound of our voice, Lord God, even those that may be facing challenges, obstacles, any opposition, oh, God, to let them know, oh, God, that they don't have to um, fight it by themselves, oh God, that they could seek help. There is help in all resources and sources. There is help everywhere, no matter where you are, there is someone that can help you. Father, we ask, oh God, that you strengthen your people everywhere, oh God, empower them, God, let them be encouraged and uplifted to know that they're not in this world alone. Hallelujah, that there is someone that can help them. And we ask that they reach out and for help and to believe in themselves and not fight by themselves. Father, we just give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in Jesus. And, and I pray. Amen. Yes, and, and Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you this evening for Sister Doors. Lord God, we thank you that she was willing to come on the podcast and she was willing to share, Lord God, deeply about some things that have happened in her life that caused her to be stuck on stupid but we thank god that you took her from that place far from that place you showed up and you showed out in her life thank you lord god that you did not allow her to rest until she dealt with that deep dark secret that was coloring her whole life i thank you lord god that she shared that with our audience tonight because there's some woman there's some man there's some boy there's some girl that's stuck right there right now or that will be stuck right there right now that needed to hear that. 
So I thank you, Lord God, that she had the boldness and the audacity to share. And I pray that it does not fall on deaf ears. Lord, we pray that if someone in the sound of my voice is triggered by what was said tonight, that they would know to reach out and get help. And Lord God, they just wouldn't stay there and be stuck, but they would reach out and get help. And not only reach out and get help, but they would begin to reach out and deal with the situation the best way that they know how. Lord, I thank you for Miss Doris Hope that you are elevating her. You are opening new doors of opportunity for her. Oh, God, I thank you for how you're using her in her job as a teacher, Lord God, with children with intellectual disabilities. Lord God, I thank you for how she's impacting her community with her volunteer work, how she's impacting her church, Lord God, as an elder in the church, Lord God. I pray that you would just continue to anoint her fingers and her mind, Lord God, as she releases book after book after book. I pray, Lord God, that one day those books, Lord God, not only a book, but those books would become New York Times bestsellers. Oh, God, pray that you would bless, Lord God, the upcoming, Lord God, Women's Conference in September. Oh, God, I pray that you would bathe it right now, Lord God, in whatever resources that it might need, Lord God, to go forth. Let it be fruitful, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. Now, we thank you, Lord God, that once again, that she was willing to come into this podcast and share we pray that you would pay her back double fold for what she has given out tonight. Oh God, now we pray for those under the sound of my voice once again, that you would bless each and every household, each and every person according to whatever their need is. And we thank you right now for all that you are doing and all that you're going to do through this podcast, this strategic ministry source that you have given my husband and I to utilize in this last and evil day that we walk in through. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for trusting us with such a great work. Yes. In Jesus' name, we thank pray you. and we thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. Thank we love having... you with the love of the Lord. Love you too. You have a blessed Thank evening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye.
Are you looking for a friendly place to purchase your beauty supplies and hair supplies for the entire family? Well, you found the right place. Cali Beauty Supply, located at 1614 West Main Street in Kalamazoo, Michigan. They offer outstanding customer service and believe deeply in giving back to their community. Mo El Katabi is the owner. Customers can shop in the store or online. Curbside pickup is also available. They also have a full-service salon inside of the business called Stephanie Renee Salon. Be sure to check them out as well. You may reach the store for your online purchases via their website at www.calibeauty.com. Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The business prides itself with the following motto, where beauty gets done. Be sure to contact Rock Dimensional Consulting, LLC, where Dr. Keitra L. Davenport King is the proprietor and business consultant. Located in the beautiful Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area, her services are available nationwide online. The Rock Dimensional Consulting, LLC firm's mission is to build businesses on a solid foundation and equip leaders. RDC helps business leaders solve complex business problems, improve efficiency, empower teams, and implement long-term sustainable improvements. The hours of operation are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You may contact Dr. Davenport King via phone at 940-227-1615. The website is at www.lifeafterag.org and email them at rockdimensionalconsulting at gmail.com. Dr. Keitra Davenport King's business prides herself on the following motto, building businesses on a solid foundation.